And good morning to you, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, Daily In-Depth News, conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, and happy Monday to all of you. Hope it was a great weekend. Thanks for being with us. And our goal is to help you slide into the week a little bit easier with our Monday morning news hour here. A full week of shows and guest conversations ahead, and there's just nothing better than having real-life conversation with real people in real time about real issues. We get to do that here on live local radio. Uh, We'll kick it off. Mr. Matt Neely, good morning. Happy Monday to you as always. How was the weekend? It was great, and uh, we've already got one team in the Sweet 16, the men. Uh, I missed the overtime period last night, but certainly saw the result of it. And then, um, and then, fingers crossed, we got to go and cheer on the women tonight and get, get, two, get two basketball teams in the Sweet 16. Wouldn't that be nice? This is, uh, this is the year for it. It was a good Tucson weekend. No one tunes in to hear about my weekend, so I'll take 15 seconds and then move on because we've got a, a, a fun guest in studio for the whole hour on this Monday morning news hour, but the the Southern Arizona Heartball was back after a year virtually, and uh, they packed 700 people uh, safely. Every you know, for those for whom this matters, everyone had to take a COVID test, and so that was actually fun. Is everybody was healthy, and you knew that, and it was maskless. We got to see each other. Um, 700 people raised $750,000 for the cause, but it was great to get dressed up and go see Tucson again. And uh, so many of the people who make this town tick, it was fun. And then yesterday, we'll talk about that in a minute, but uh, I think my heart rate finally came down. I can't speak for Louis Christensen, who's across the desk from me. I'm hoping his heart rate came down because we've got some cold brew in front of him uh, to get the heart rate back up enough for this show. But uh, Louis Christensen, curator of Tucson Tomorrow, great to see you live and in living color. It's been by phone the last few times. Yeah. It's always good to see your face. Yeah. No, it's good to see you too in a a really fun new setting that provides delicious cold brew coffee, which I definitely needed (laughs) after that late night game. Not my heart. My heart is still kind of, you know, pitter-pattering, but... Um, yeah, it, it took me a while to come down off of that game. Um, man, what a what a finish on a lot of fronts. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Let's talk about the game for a little bit because this is Tucson and this is not a sports show. Show right, Neil, Matt Neely. <laughs> this is not a sports show, but we end up talking about sports a little bit. Um, <laughs> but Louis, uh, for listeners who haven't heard you before, uh, we've had you on for the last couple of years. But for listeners who haven't. Uh, heard of you before. Who are you? You curate a Twitter account called Tucson Tomorrow. That's right. Who are you and what does the account aim to do here in Tucson? Yeah, uh, yeah I'm a Tucson local who unfortunately had to move away for a couple of years <coughs> post-college because if you weren't aware, uh, Tucson didn't have a lot of jobs back then and that's still something that we're trying to <laughs> recover from, I guess you could say. Decades of um, short sight as far as it comes to, you know, young families, the things that they need, not just being a, a place where it's a, you know, it's a beautiful place to retire once your once your life is kind of wrapped up and your bank account's full. But man, um, that's, a, that's a big push for me is, is Tucson was built to be a city that we're able to live in and thrive in and not see our kids move away after we've made it, after we've kind of crossed that economic you know, finish line, if you will. Um, and I was one of the kids that had to move away um, to, to do that. So I am glad to be back. I love Tucson. I've always loved Tucson. Um, and so my, my account is full of, like it says, some tough love um, where I, I think we, we have two big camps in Tucson. We have the people who are just rah, rah, everything's mm. fine. Let's turn a blind eye because I can see the mountain view out of my kitchen window or my back patio. Everything's fine. You have the other side who's woe is me, everything's terrible, it's always going to be terrible, and are just hopeless. And I I really want to strike that in between of, hey, things are beautiful, things are great, let's celebrate that, but let's also call out what we need to work on and fix to be a a community, like I said, where a kid can Mm -hmm. be born, grow up and go to a great school, hopefully someday, go to college, bear down um, in the Zona Zoo section, and then have like a young, you know, a a young professional career, and then a young family, and then a growing family, and people can stay. Um, I have too many friends who love Tucson that are forced to live elsewhere because eh, they're just not the job here. Mm. Yeah, you know, Louie, I think that's why uh, we've had you on the show so many times. We don't always see eye to eye on things, but I think our goal is to do a lot of the same things, and that is to raise questions, Mm -hmm. to, to, to highlight 
type things. Celebrate when celebration is needed. Yeah. Um, and then also to say, look, let's not waste our time and yours. Let's question and call out some of the things that need that. Um, but I think both rooms that you mentioned are wrong. Mm-hmm. They're not entirely right on their own. There is things to celebrate. There are things to, to, to question and to put out there and say, let's look at this a little bit more deeply. Um, and I think rooms that can do both and can walk and chew gum at the same time, yeah. which I think most people can. We don't give enough credit for it. Uh, that's that's the ideal. So I think you and I are very aligned on on that, and, that, and so that's kind of that's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, people should check out uh, at Tucson tomorrow. At Tucson tomorrow, yeah. And I, I apologize if I upset you. Mostly it's just satirical, <coughs> and you know, you know, you always DM me with your. Direct... Are you sorry if you offend people? Not really. I was going to say, um, like, not really. <laughs> don't lie to us. On no, I mean I'll either. be nice in in you know when I'm on air, but no, I really I really don't care. Um, <laughs> no, I do. No, but I, I have a lot of really great conversations with people behind the scenes of like, hey, what about this? And that's fine. I love mm-hmm. conversations. I think that's what we should be having is conversations <laughs> and and really getting things done and saying, hey, you're you're really great at this. We're really great at this. Let's meet in the middle and and have that conversation. And actually, to your kind of it. Let's go along with it. You know, this is not a sports show, but Tucson is a sports city. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are here because of Lute Olson. Um, whether they're aware of it or not, the reason those commercials were that's on your TV. Story. That's my story. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up a U of A fan and I, the only reason I really stayed here um, was because I wanted to be a part of the Zona Zoo um, because I grew up with Lou Dolson as my mm-hmm. head coach. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people, even the non-sports fans, the, the things that you love here are someone came here because of Lou Dolson somewhere along the the line or U of A became a more popular school because Lou Dolson got us on national TV all through the entire 90s. Um, U of A got a lot of money because of the stuff that Lou Dolson was doing. So yeah, I, I think it's one of those like, hey, you don't need to be a sports fan to love U of A and, and mm-hmm. see why um, a Sweet 16 bid for you know, for the men right now, and hopefully for the women, is going to be an awesome, awesome thing for our community. Well, again, in the in the spirit of also talking about things that just make this place a great a great place. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, I watched the game, uh, and uh, thanks to my buddy Brendan for uh, for the invite and for setting it up. We had a front row table reserved at the Union Public House. Yeah. They've got a massive screen there. And they filled the plaza with, you know, with Arizona fans. And that's how we watched the game. Mm-hmm. And if you thought it was fun and stressful at home, <laughs> uh, just imagine <laughs> what it looked like on a, you know, on a massive screen. It's like the side of a house. And you've got people behind you just, you know, feeling everything with you. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, if you didn't watch, the University of Arizona men's basketball team went 85 to 80. And over time, beat a TCU team that gave us everything and more that they had we're heading to the sweet 16 and yeah. it was uh, seriously i texted friends like how am i supposed to go to bed on this which i think you know it was why matt probably skipped over time was to be able to get up this yeah. morning uh it was, it was, it was, this is this is what it's about and it is so much fun and it's that uh, that's two sides it is yeah and I, I think even non-sports fans can kind of get on board i mean i talked to a lot of people you know going through the grocery store and like yeah, i've seen a lot of u of a shirts the, the game's on tonight right and it's like okay you're clearly not a, a sports fan but you're kind of keyed in and aware of it but yeah, I, I would encourage anyone just if if you want to have a good time, you know, hopefully, um, go to go to one of our local places and and let's let's really beat that drum of of hitting those local spots. And if you're not at a local spot, at least buy like a local beer or something. Like let's support not just the U of A but all of Tucson at the exact same time. Um, you know, we went out to a restaurant right before. Um, shout out Shogun Sushi, delicious sushi. Um, not, a I, 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 not, yeah. not a paid advertisement. Not a paid advertisement. But they should be. But they should be. Um, <laughs> hit them up, Aoki. Um, <laughs> and I, I was the one stressing out at home, pacing back and forth, yes. like I said. And my wife just laughed at me while she then joined me pacing. But it took a whiskey cocktail for us to calm down after that game. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, which, they, is, they which is why the cold brew happened this morning. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, TCU had two really career nights uh, on on their side. Um, you know, obviously Coloco was awesome. <clears throat> I am I am um, optimistic but nervous about Houston. Um, yeah. I read an article this morning yeah. that kind of reseeded. Like, hey, we have 16 teams in here. How do they rank? And um, we ranked at number three. 
behind Gonzaga and Kansas, and then Houston came in at number four. Mm. They're on an 11-1 and win streak, with 10 of those wins being of double-digit points. Um, so they're nothing to no. n- nothing to, to skip over just no. because they're you know considered a smaller school and we all know what happens when we get things from Houston in Arizona. Um, yeah, yeah, shout out Kevin Sumlin, um, <laughs> as as the, he was the football head coach there before Texas A and M. So I don't know. Let, let's just see how it goes. I'm super excited, but first off, mm. you know, let's let's go root our women on and um, until Phil McHale, right? Yep, yeah. yep. Sam yeah. Thomas's last game in McHale no yeah. matter no matter what no and, and if we were to skip over Louis Houston mm-hmm. uh, Villanova is probably who is they next so mm-hmm. so I mean it goes Houston it goes Villanova and then it'll be then then, then you get to the final four if yep. you get that far so yeah. the thing that is scaring me a little bit is as I, I haven't seen a complete game from Arizona yet in the tournament and and they're not going to be able to do what they didn't do or did do against TCU against those other two teams or it's just not going to happen so we need to we need to see a a complete game but maybe we close on this because we're over time for a break and we've got some other things to talk about Louie but uh, I want to close on this Uh, I think I sent it to you uh, I, sh- I retweeted on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy Lloyd went over to uh, the big man uh, for TCU Lang Langfit or Langfit. I should have had the name in front uh, of me. Yeah, but I mean, he just gave Coloco and Ball Abalo everything that they could handle, and he was really upset because he gave 120. Oh, percent And yeah. Tommy goes over to the other players and comforts them and encourages them and talks to them. That dude is in it for the right reason. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and, and he is the most Tucson guy for this Tucson team. Mm-hmm. And I just love when when good people do good things for the right reason yeah. and when good things follow that that's that's what you hope the world's going to be and, and, and <laughs> yeah. it is for Tommy Lloyd and it is for these Wildcats and it's just a feel good story so yeah it's it really is i mean it's um it's really great to see Tommy Lloyd come into again like Shout out to Sean Miller. He put this team together. Tommy Lloyd just oh, took yeah. the reins and, and has done a really great job. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it kind of feels like a Cinderella story, starting unranked and now here we are. So, yeah. I, I got them against Gonzaga in the championship. It's going to be yeah. it's gonna be a Master Jedi and Yen Padawan kind, it's, of, it's uh, kind of final. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah, bear down. All right, that's uh, that's our not a sports show show uh, segment, and Matt's going to give me a hard time uh, a little it. bit later. But uh, <laughs> let's go to our first break there. When we come back, we're, uh, we're going to talk – uh, some transportation items in Tucson. Nothing lights up the phones like a Christmas tree. Quite like talking about transportation and roads in Tucson. We're going to hit that topic on the other side. It's our Monday morning news hour with Louis Christensen. He curates Tucson tomorrow on Twitter, a Twitter account uh, full of tough love for the city we love. Bear down, Wildcats. We'll be right back. place where Tucson comes to talk. 1030 The Voice. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural law sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. 
Hey guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the sustainable strength system is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need. And in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to sustainablestrengthsystem.com. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Located just two doors down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger opened just last fall and is serving up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. They're open Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson and mention you heard about them on Tipping Point for 15% off your next order. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back to Tucson live here out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser here on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice. I am your host, Zach Yenser, joined live in studio by Louis Christensen, the curator of Tucson Tomorrow, a Twitter account full of tough love for the city we love, Bear Down, Wildcats. Uh, Louis, we got so much to cover. Let's jump right back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tucson Norte Sur is a plan that will work to figure out what do we want on this future 15-mile lawn north-south high-capacity transit corridor connecting the Tucson Mall to downtown Tucson to the Tucson Airport on the south side. We've talked about it, I think, mm-hmm. on the show before. This is our Monday morning news hour, uh, so we're talking news and items. There was a community conversation about this over the weekend. Not quite sure what happened there yet, but it's still worth talking about. This is a big plan. We got federal funding to do the study. Your thoughts, Louis Christensen? Yeah, and that's actually a really important thing to point out is that this is a from a federal grant um, is is why we're going to be able to do this and not use any of our direct you know T dot type of money, um, the Department of Transportation money on on this type of thing. So yeah, over the weekend there were a couple of meetings, one in downtown, one on the south side, one on the north side, um, to just discuss the concerns, the hopes, the, you know, all those types of topics with the people along the, that corridor. So this is about a mile, you know, east to west wide. And like you said, goes from the airport up to Tucson Mall area to the, um, to the, to the train, uh, not train station, sorry, the, the bus station up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes straight through downtown, straight through, you know, straight up Oracle, the whole thing. It even goes through South Tucson, which I'm really curious about because then you're pulling in a whole nother city. Technically, you know, mm-hmm. another area to have to talk to those officials and make sure they're happy with everything, too. This isn't just a Tucson thing. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see. And the reason I, I wanted to bring it up is because, you know, obviously they just passed, you know, those um, the community conversation of the people right along that corridor. But the next step kind of starts back up in April where they're going to go over the strengths, weaknesses and opportunities publicly. They're going to have mm. meetings again. They're going to have surveys and all those types of things. And um, the reason I want to bring it up is I, I hear a lot of people feel like th- the city officials aren't doing the right things, right? Surprise. <laughs> um, and they don't feel like they're being represented. But the thing to remember is that Tucson city officials are representatives and they're going to represent the voices and the people that are telling them, this is what we want. At least they should be, right? Even if they're not you know, aligned with how you voted, they're still, they still represent you. And so if you want to see things done differently in Tucson, if you think that you have a better idea of how things should be done, get involved. Like, fill, at least fill out a survey. Show up to the meetings. They're free. They usually provide, you know, on this one, they provided some ice cream and some free bike repair. It looked like... Um, I've, I've heard, you know, at the Fort Lowe Park, there were free donuts and coffee when they were going over this, those new master plans in the past couple of months. So that's the big thing um, with this thing, with uh, with um, Norte Sur, is 
if you're not involved, if you're not sharing your voice, and then it comes out that it's not what you wanted, then then you're just complaining. You're not actually helping. You're not being a part of the conversation. And so, yeah, show up, um, fill out those surveys, go to those meetings and, you know, listen, you know, don't, don't just be a stick in the mud because um, it's happening. We have the money to do it thanks to the federal grant, but um, share your opinion. Um, and it, I think it would really help out a lot. Tucson Norte dash sur dot com is the website and it gives you you can click on the background you can take a survey uh, i think we're, we'll talk about this more in depth in the next segment too yeah, Louis. but again the idea being that this is a bus transit maybe bus rapid transit maybe there's a streetcar a growth of the streetcar route so it mm-hmm. goes along kind of the oracle corridor down to uh, the Tucson airport. I mean, I think this is, and and because it is a transit corridor, there will be higher density development around it for Correct. residential and yep. mixed use. I mean, I think this is the kind of planning and process that the city should be doing. I, I, I haven't found anything out of this mm-hmm. uh, that gives me pause or concern uh, conceptually. Uh, am, am I questioning the uh, efficacy and efficiency of our transportation planning right now, you bet. Yeah. I've got some concerns around our Prop 101 uh, effectiveness. I've got some concerns around the you know what's going on with the Broadway expansion mm-hmm. coming out of downtown. Right, this is not a carte blanche. You know, everything is awesome when you're part of a team. Mm-hmm. But 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 this process, to me, of expanding multimodal transportation, I think is really exciting for our city. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And um, so I work in, well, I, I will say tourism adjacent. I go to a lot of different communities, some that people have never even heard of. Um, and I see how tourism interacts with cities. And the best places, I'll, I'll call out the Woodlands, just north of Houston, um, they use <coughs> tourists to raise funds or pay for things that the rest of the community gets to use. Now, we in Tucson do that with our restaurants. Man, do we have a lot of great restaurants because of um, because of the tourists that come and spend the money here. We don't do it on infrastructure stuff. And I think, I mean, if, if I could pick a, a, an area where that streetcar would go, it would go from the airport to downtown. Because right mm-hmm. away, you have just a, a, a flow of money straight into the community thanks to tourists coming in, landing, getting to go straight onto a, um, a streetcar, straight into downtown, and they can get straight to the campus as well. And you can really control yeah. that environment, really work on beautification. If right? you've flown into a major American city, that's how it works. Yeah. We're the 33rd largest. Time to act like it. Time to act like it. And people always complain about how ugly it is around, around our airport. And again, I've been to a lot of places. There's a lot of ugly areas around airports. It just kind of happens unless you're way out in the middle of nowhere um, in, in a field. And this would give us the opportunity to go, okay, this is where we're trying to funnel all of our people so you can kind of control that beautification there. Phoenix actually is starting to do a better job of that. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's not a, like you said, this is not a, hey, yeah, we're, we're doing it. We're, we're all on this thing. But if we're going to do it, let's do it right and let's make it work and let's make it smart and let's make it make money. Like, that, that's the big thing. Make it make money. Let's do another segment on this because yeah. you, you poll your followers on Twitter a lot around transportation issues. You have a recent one out that really caught my eye. Let's do one more segment on the topic of moving people around Tucson because I, I know it's something on a lot of our listeners' mind and it's just fun to talk about too. Absolutely. Uh, TucsonNorte-Sur.com. Read more about it. Take the survey. We'll be right back after bottom of the hour news break. More with Louis Christensen here on our Monday morning news hour. Tipping Point returns on 1030 KVY The Voice. Now it's Bloomberg and CBS News, followed by more Tipping Point and Hugh Hewitt at 10 on 1030 The Voice. This is a Bloomberg Money Minute. The Hasbro recipe for success business-wide, the company CEO tells Bloomberg he plans to knit Hasbro's classic toy, digital, and entertainment businesses together so as to drive collectible growth as well as game-playing and entertainment experiences and attract younger children. It's something he's already managed with Hasbro's Wizards of the Coast division. It produces Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons. Oil companies are putting more of their rigs back to work. The number of active oil rigs has grown by about a fifth in the past six months, much of it to make up for a low inventory 
inventory of wells drilled before the pandemic. But there won't be a similar 20 percent jump in production, shale executives say. There are problems that limit a quick increase this year, and Dow Jones says they number supply chain issues among them. Oil prices today are up again, now a little bit less than $6 to $110.64 a barrel. That's helping weigh on stocks. The Dow down 161, the Nasdaq falling 6, the S&P adding 7. Joan Doniger. CBS News special report. Democrats defend Katanji Brown-Jackson at the opening of her Supreme Court confirmation hearing. It's clear that you have the qualifications and the experience and the knowledge needed to serve on the Supreme Court. And as a woman, it makes me very proud of that. California's Dianne Feinstein, Dick Durbin of Illinois, chairs the committee. Despite your record, we've heard claims that you're, quote, soft on crime. These baseless charges are unfair. Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell says his vote will depend on the hearings. CBS News correspondent Jan Crawford tells us. The Republicans on the committee are saying she's too extreme. Uh, she's uh, too far to the left. Uh, the Democrats are going to say, well, actually, she's more of a moderate uh, justice who will just follow the law and show, quote, fidelity uh, to the law and the Constitution. Democrats hope to have a vote by Easter. CBS News Special Report. I'm Steve Kathan. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural law sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona, coming to you live out of the Common Workspace Studios. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Gintz on AM 1030 KVY The Voice, daily in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I am your host, Zach Gens, and happy to be with you. We're in studio live with Louis Christensen, our guest for this Monday morning news hour. We have him on about once a month. He curates the, the Twitter account, Tucson Tomorrow, at Tucson Tomorrow, an account full of tough love for the city that we love, Bear Down, Wildcats, and it's always fun to have him on. We, we talked about the top of the hour. He and I try to strike this balance of celebrating what there is to celebrate uh, and bringing to light things that we have questions on or that may need to go better, um, all with the purpose of making the community better um, is, is the goal. And he and I share that. We don't always see eye to eye on issues, but if we did, that would make for super boring radio. So what's the point? Uh, but Louis is with us here. We talked about the 15-mile transportation corridor that the city of Tucson and South Tucson are working on to connect the airport to downtown to the uh, to the major bus kind of terminal station by the Tucson Mall. 
And uh, let's do one more segment, Louis, on transportation. I think it's always an interesting topic. It's one that's uh, kind of a thorn in the flesh here um, in Tucson. Let me ask you this. We kind of wandered into this accidentally over the break. Uh, the city, Tucson City Council voted unanimously earlier this year to keep rides on SunTran buses and streetcars free through June 2022. Mm-hmm. And a couple council members asked for staff to then bring back options to actually keep bus and streetcar fares free in perpetuity to make it absolutely free. Uh, and, and I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Should public transit in Tucson be free? Should we follow the likes of Albuquerque and other cities and keep transit free? I got my opinion. I want your opinion yeah. first. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one. I would definitely keep the, um, the streetcar free. I think, it, like we we're talking about over the over the break, it's it's a it's a people mover. It's, it's a pedestrian circulator, exactly. And so, and I'll, here here's your plan for tonight. If you're going to the, the the Wildcat game at McHale, go park downtown, go to dinner, have have some happy hour, whatever you know, what times out, hop on the streetcar, and you can get to campus. Hop back on the streetcar, get back downtown. Obviously, driving safely and all that type of stuff. You know, don't be don't be stupid. But you're able to do that now. Um, I, I will always hold to the fact that whoever picked that the streetcar doesn't go right by McHale and Arizona Stadium should be tarred and feathered um, publicly because, man, how much more money would, would the streetcar have made in that in that amount of time? Um, just moving people right directly straight to the, you know, one of the biggest revenue generators in Tucson, you know, Arizona sports. But, um, yeah, so I think the, the, the downtown link should be free. But as far as, like, the bus systems, maybe, you know, ridership is... Um, I th- you know, it's it's hard to, to gauge right now. I did see a report that said ridership was down, but I, you know, looking at numbers, it doesn't appear to be. But we also had COVID, so that's going to cut numbers down. But one thing that is for sure is complaints are up right now on on the SunTran, um, and I think that's going to be a perception that keeps people away from it. No matter how free it is, no matter how fast it is, is people have an aversion to buses or rapid buses. You know, it's it is kind of funny that it, as soon as a vehicle, a public vehicle, gets put onto a railing. It's like, oh, this is fantastic. And maybe it's because, like, we're used to, like, the monorail and Disneyland and, you know, how fun and kind of um, different it is when you go abroad and you go to London, Paris, and Rome, and you get on the rail systems and all that. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not really sure. So what, what do you think? Should it be free or partially free or cheaper or subsidized? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm seeing here that in 20 – let's see, in 2020 – the entire public transit system in Tucson cost $65 million. Yep. Fares paid for $9 million, or 13%, and then ridership dropped, and the city stopped collecting fares mm-hmm. during the pandemic. In 2019, so we'll take a pre-pandemic year, um, the transit system cost $63 million. Fares paid for about $12 million of that, um, or 19%. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ready, Louie, to come out on the air right now today and say, here's what I think for the entire transit system. Uh, you know, I think if the system was paying for itself, and our question was, do we do we give away $63 million and fill, fill that with something else? That's a different conversation mm-hmm. than a system where the fares only pay for 19%. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to come out and have this on record for the rest of the time. Yeah. What I am ready to do is to say that I think the streetcar, I agree with you, should be free. My wife went to Salt Lake City pre-pandemic and, uh, and, and now, now they have a streetcar system that much like ours kind of goes around the main urban core. Mm-hmm. And then when you get off and you get onto a different link, then you start paying. Sure. But that pedestrian circulator is free. And I think uh, cities that are seeing success with this um, are seeing it as an investment into things that generate sales tax. So when you park and ride at the Mercado and you hop on the streetcar and you drive downtown, get a cup of ice cream, you know, you drive down, go to yeah. a game, then come back and have dinner or whatever, those are those are sales tax generating activities um, that, that ultimately bring dollars back to the community. So I look at public goods, certainly from a social standpoint, but I think public transit is an investment. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to look at how does how do we have a denser community with more mixed use? How do we really see our transit system as not just a people mover, mm-hmm. but a connector to the goods and services that grow the the economic pie in our community? And that's the piece that I think people just don't talk about enough. I'll think, stop talking. I, you know, that's great. I think I think Louis about to pop. I'm like, oh, I got it. Louis no, about like, to pop. It's like preach, preach, preach. Um, no, I think I think you really hit the nail on the head. So. I always like looking at this, and we've talked about this on and off the air, is what is the goal? What is the goal of a thing? So if the goal is to 
have it pay for itself, right? That'd be a, a great goal for public transit to pay for itself. Um, you can do that two ways. One, have it actually pay for itself. You know, the number of tickets you sell, ridership, pays for the thing. Second way to do it is by exactly what you said, tax revenue. That can pay for it. I, I would love to see the numbers on that. It would be probably impossible unless we're like getting into some real big brother tracking system stuff, which we're almost there um, on the advertising side of stuff. Um, but that that should be the goal is for maybe not just the ridership, but the impact of the ridership. And so when we're looking at Tucson um, Norte Sur and public transit, the Sunlink, all those types of things, is when you look at the graphs and the numbers, it might not make sense. But if you are spreading people around town into different areas and generating, um, you know, jobs, first off, uh, better real estate in areas, bringing, um, bringing more economic engines into different areas of town, different nodes of town to where, you know, we talked about this as I was walking in. Yeah, downtown is super walkable. That's fantastic. I have to drive 20 minutes to get there. That doesn't mean right. that Tucson's a walkable town. Right. Um, now, can I walk around the corner and, and hit up a couple of the close restaurants to me? Yeah, absolutely. If we had more of those things around in areas, um, around town nodes of revenue generators for the, the tax system, yeah, it would be it'd be a lot easier to convince someone to hop onto a bus and go five minutes down the road mm-hmm. as opposed to 25 minutes into downtown. I was just going to say is, is like is like in Tucson, this conversation gets caught in philosophy from both the left yes. and the right. I'm not philosophically oriented on this, right? Mm-hmm. I tell people that I use the streetcar most of the days and I also own a minivan because mm-hmm. Tucson's a place where you need both. And I'm not philosophically oriented really to one or the other. Our, our, our place and space has to be oriented to where multimodal transportation options actually make sense. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who would love to see less car usage and more streetcar and bus usage who don't want to design a city mm-hmm. that yep. allows that to make sense for the average person. Right. And, and, and you can't on one side of your mouth say we should have more multimodal and on the other uh, be anti certain kinds of development, be anti density, be anti uh, communities where services are close to each other. That's a major disconnect um, for for us here. And I think if you're asking the average person to spend a 25, 30 minute bus ride, it's not going to make sense for right. Tucson. Yeah, exactly. And I, that's one of the big things I think with the um, with the loop is it needs to, it's great it's fantastic I, I go on it a, a lot but it needs to become an economic engine it needs to be able to move someone from Craycroft to even Swan uh, for a purpose that you know along those things so we need to look at zoning and and really be thinking about how can we use the things that we have to create those sales tax dollars um, so we don't have to just continue paying for stuff um, and falling short. So yeah, it, it really is just a, let's be thinking about it. Let's, you know, put our brains together. Like you said, it's a social issue as far as like, you know, you have to be able to move people around town, even if they might not be able to afford a car. Um, but it's also an economic thing. You know, it'd be, how great would it be if you could go to Union and hop on a bus and get to downtown or get to get to U of A for, for a basketball game and sit courtside and not have to worry about parking, not having to worry about all that, all the traffic and stuff. And, um, you know, we've talked about it with the, with people being mad about how much traffic the students produce. And then we build them five, six story tall buildings on campus to get them off of the major streets. And then they're mad about that (laughs) because, well, the buildings don't look like Santa Fe style architecture or brick like I'm used to in Tucson. So it's like, are, are you complaining about the thing that is actually going to solve the thing you're complaining about? Um, and uh, this is completely off topic, but I just found this out. It's, I, I love it. So your, um, your traditional, hey, look at me, I'm an electric vehicle cars, like your Smarts, your Priuses, your BMW i3s and all that. Since their inception, they sold about hmm, under 70,000 units in the United States. Seems pretty low, right? Um, it's about 10 or 11 years of doing it, 70,000 units. Ford F-150 Lightning, their new electric truck, has pre-ordered 200,000 for next year. The $113,000 electric Hummer, which you've seen on the commercials you know, during the NCAA tournament, that has 70,000. LeBron 000. James is LeBron the only James person who crab can walking, that. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, I, I'd like one. I don't I think I can great, afford one. Right? Absolutely. So that's already reserved 70,000 units. Good grief. So if the goal is to get people to drive electric vehicles, the car industry just figured out that people don't want to drive little tiny cars that don't fit their lifestyle. 
I have a feeling people are going to be mad even when they see an electric Ford F-150 driving down the street because it doesn't match, right? It doesn't line up with what they think because we've politicized everything in the United States. Electric vehicles are left. Trucks are right. And here we are where really soon the majority of electric vehicle drivers are going to be truck drivers. So mm. if we can do that, <laughs> you know, depending on whichever side of that you fall on, if we can do that, then I think we can use things that are traditionally left or right and solve problems that are traditionally left or right. You can, you can use it. We can get people to get onto buses, to get downtown, to get to mm-hmm. other places, to spend money and all that. So, yeah. Interesting stuff. Have conversations. Yeah. There, there, there might have been one thing that we might not get to this hour around uh, a transportation survey. Maybe we, maybe we change topics on the other yeah. side. We got one more segment to do, uh, but uh, we knew this would be a kind of where do we want? What do we wander into? Our uh, it always is. <laughs> it, it always is, and we never get to what we want to get to. But we'll be back for one segment more with Louis Christensen. He curates the Twitter account Tucson Tomorrow. He's our guest for this Monday morning news hour. Our goal is to help you slide into the week talking about the issues and items, people, politics, issues that came in over the weekend since we left the studio. Get you ready for the week ahead. We'll be right back. One more segment to go here on Tipping Point, 1030 The Voice. Don't go anywhere. CBS News at the top and bottom of every hour. 1030 The Voice. Trusted local news and talk. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Hey guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, and the sustainable strength system is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need, and in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to sustainablestrengthsystem.com. Tucson. Have you heard of local nonprofit Impact of Southern Arizona? Where we are more than just a food bank, with a clothing bank, youth and senior programs, where we are moving people forward. Arizona Gives Day is coming up on April 5th and 6th, where you have the chance to support organizations like Impact. Learn more about Impact of Southern Arizona and our critical programs at www.impactsoaz.org. This is Bill Buckmaster, the Monday Political Faceoff, coming up at noon on 1030 Tucson's Voice for Trusted News Talk. And 
we're back to Sun all of Southern Arizona, a fast-moving Monday morning edition of Tipping Point with Zach Yanser on AM 1030KVOI, The Voice. It's our Monday morning news hour with our uh, monthly guest, Louis Christensen. He curates the Twitter account, Tucson Tomorrow. This segment is sponsored by Little Love Burger. They opened downtown last fall. They're serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow them on social media at Little Love Burger for their most up-to-date open hours. They are changing and growing as their popularity grows, and it is growing. Uh, And here's a little add-on for you mentioned that you heard about them here on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for your next visit to get a 15% off uh, your next meal. Which I did, and they they honored it, and I, I had it. the most delicious french fries in Tucson. So hit them up. I love it. I, I don't get paid by my little love burger, and I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you to go. So. <laughs> well, I love it because um, I, I think you heard about this on the show because uh, yeah. you're a listener as well. We didn't talk about it. You told me afterwards, and so I, I was glad that you were the guinea pig. And uh, this was earlier on mm-hmm. when, when this first started. And uh, yeah, the food is excellent. Mm-hmm. And there's a bigger love burger in the works. So I'm Ooh, excited to be able to promote cool. that when the, the news is out there a little bit later. But Little Love Burger is just uh, an incredible place. Good local people and a great space. I've been there a few times now. And you heard from Louie. Uh, they keep the promise they made. So 15% off, it's a pretty good deal. All right, Louie. We've got at eight or nine minutes, been a fun hour talking about Tucson issues, everything from uh, basketball and Lute Olson to transportation and getting around. W- w- how do we close? What's the last topic on your mind? Yeah, I want to talk about that. You know, if we are going to make public transit a bigger thing, be it by rail or by rapid bus or whatever it is, that the ability for people to walk from their front door to that stop, depending on where you are in town, it could be probably a mile, uh, maybe a quarter of a mile. That also has to be attractive, right? That can't be the barrier for entry of like, well, I would do it, but the but blank, right? The bus is too far away. I don't feel safe and all that. So I just posted a poll, which I really like doing on Tucson tomorrow. I don't like sharing what I think on, on Twitter. I like seeing what Tucson thinks and having that kind of shape the, the mm-hmm. conversation. So I posted a question this morning. Why do you not walk or bike to work, restaurants, the park, you know, those types of things nearby you? Or if you do, what's like your biggest concern or complaint? And the number one thing right now with 55% of the vote is don't feel safe due to traffic. And that beat out don't feel safe because of crime or it's mm-hmm. too hot or like it's not pretty or enjoyable enough of a walk. Um, the next closest thing is I just live too far from stuff mm-hmm. that I like. Which, you know, people live in Vail. People live in Marana. It, mm-hmm. it makes sense. You're not going to walk to um, Scott & Co. Um, but I think that's a really big thing, especially with the tragic news over the weekend where yeah. we had a couple yeah. um, get hit by, hit, hit by a, an SUV up in the foothills and die while they were um, yeah. while they were biking, you know, on a, on a really beautiful Saturday morning. And that's just really sad. I mean, it's just terrible. And we have the room to, to do the right thing and, and make... Um, those corridors even safer. Um, I know for, for me personally, I live within easy, easy, I mean, like embarrassingly easy walking distance from a, a couple of really great uh, restaurants or one of my favorite um, taco joints. And I know that when I've talked to my wife, I'm like, hey, I'm going to walk over to this place. She's like, oh, just be careful, please. Like, I, I'm just really worried about a car hopping the curb mm-hmm. and that type of thing. And we're talking like, uh, this is a two minute walk. Right. And so if if people again, perception can really quickly become reality. And as much as we talk about crime and assaults and those types of, you know, more clearly defined um, deaths in Tucson, Tucson is a very dangerous place Mm. on the streets. By the data, it really is. Yeah, it it really is. I mean, maybe it's, you know, we we are a dark sky community. And so there's a lot of, you know, dark, shadowy spots at night and people will complain about that you know, uh, till the end of time about people wearing dark colored clothes. But if you can be on a bicycle um, in the morning uh, on a quiet stretch of road and get taken out by an SUV, then our, our community is not as, as safe as we'd like it to be. And so I think as we continue to talk about um, transit, as we talk about streets and repaving and all those things, we really need to look at how can we make biking and walking safer in in key areas where people are going to be really attracted to do it. Because again, if you're not going to walk the quarter of a mile to the bus station, then it doesn't matter how great our bus service is. Um, It's just, it's going to be empty. So yeah, that's, that's a big thing right now going on. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the data point, right, is that unlike a lot of other cities, 70% of Tucson's traffic happens on surface streets, 30% on highway, freeway. And in a lot of other cities, I've heard that's flipped, Mm -hmm. that 70% of driving actually happens. I mean, think about Phoenix, you know, to get anywhere in Phoenix, most of the time, people are hopping on the 101, the 210, whatever the case may be, Mm -hmm. and then they're finishing that last few miles on surface streets. Here in Tucson, it's flipped. Right. Um, Which I, I don't care whether you're on the east side, you're in Marana, you're in Oro Valley, you know, the the fact that 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 we just haven't developed a you know a a highway freeway system here like a lot of other cities means that there's just a lot more happening on surface streets and mm-hmm. at this point it is what it is um, but I think there are solutions to fix it as well Louis I want to ask you this you don't live downtown you don't live no. in a you know it's not like you're hopping down from the rendezvous and you know uh, munching around downtown uh, we've got a lot of people listening from Rana or Valley Sabodita yeah. uh, east side my hunch is that a lot of them would say you know the last 40 minutes haven't really related to my everyday life why would I care about you know whether public transit is free why would I care about the two-minute walk to Louis taco shop sure <laughs> um, and, and so, so so why do you care so much about this issue we spent a lot of time talking about it why does it matter to just the regular person driving around Tucson. Yeah, well, first off, the money going into downtown through Nuevo has an amazing ROI, right? That, what is it, like 8 to 1, 10 to 1? 10 to 1 now. 10 to 1 right now. And so if you're like, oh, man, Tucson's spending too much money on downtown, they're, they're actually investing it, which can then pour out into the rest of the community. So let's just get that out of the way. Um, I don't live downtown. Uh, I li- I'm proud to live in Midtown. I really like it. But the thing is, if if... The, the whole entire Midtown area of Tucson is void of comfortable things. If we just turn it into essentially what we're trying to in Tucson, if you look at what we've done, trying to turn our, our surface streets into highways in between the traffic lights, then it's never going to be comfortable and you're never going to see people walking. You're never going to see families really investing in their in their community. Um, you're not going to have that foot traffic. You're not going to have that um, accessibility. You're seeing young families flock to your part oh my of the gosh, community. Yeah. Yeah. There's a generational shift happening. Huge, it's huge. Very, yeah. yeah, and it, yeah, actually, yeah. We've talked about it before, but the silver tsunami. Yeah, forty percent of Tucson homeowners are in an age where, in the next five to ten years, they'll have to sell their home. You know, either they pass on or they move into an assisted living type of facility. They're just Mm -hmm. of that age group. And so, yeah, every single house that sold in my midtown neighborhood has gone to a young couple or a young family. And that's like um, um, probably about 10 or, and I've only been there for two years. Um, And apparently it was the kind of pattern before we moved in. We just Mm -hmm. continued that pattern. And so, yes, there is definitely a big generational shift. And so if you're driving by parks and you're not seeing kids around, it's because Forty uh, percent of our of our homeowners are of the older generation that don't have those kids. They're not using those types of things, and so um, the reason I really care about this type of stuff is that I I really want to see every single corner of Tucson being beautiful in every sense of the word, being being full and, and alive and um, accessible, and again like an economic generator. Right? There are so many really big corners in Tucson that if we really stop thinking about how can we get from the east side to the west side and think about how can we make Tucson great within a mile of everyone's home or two miles or whatever it might be that we'll see um, we'll see more economic development because Tucson will be more beautiful. You'll see more young families moving in, so the park systems will get better because more people are using them, and so there's a reason. And you'll see um, you'll see streets turning from just these you know three four lane things that'll never be big enough to get across town into places where you can bike two miles down the road and have your your taco, your mm-hmm. your your craft brew, whatever it is, and then bike back home without worrying about your family getting taken out by an SUV. Louis, let's put a pin in it there. I, I, I would love to spend more time with you. My phone said 957, and then all of a sudden 959. It happens fast. I, yeah. I think something blipped on my phone, but we're out of time. You just told me you zoned out. I, I didn't. <laughs> I was actually all in. That was probably part of the problem. At Tucson Tomorrow That's is right. where people can At find Tucson you. At Tucson Tomorrow, yeah. To argue with you, agree with you, uh, pick a fight with you. Exactly, you, do I think, it. I think you enjoy when people pick a fight more than anything. But Louis Christensen, oh, great way to spend a Monday morning. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man. Glad yeah. you were able to wake up after last night. And, uh, yeah, bear down, go Cats, tonight and later this week. Louie, we'll do this again soon. Thanks, Zach. Thanks so much, sir. When we come back, more from us on Tipping Point tomorrow at 9. You hear what up next? Bill Buckmaster at noon. Take care, Tucson. Tucson.